I would like to move on to our scripture for today. And that is uh, Romans 3 through 13. Or excuse me, Romans 12, 3 through 13. We're going over the whole book. No, um, Romans 12, 3 through 13. So when I was, I was doing my sermon prep, uh, I was reading and I was like, I, you know, of course I'm going to read 1 and 2 because you can't just take them out of context. And so 1 and 2, I was reading it. I was like, man, I, I, I cannot leave this unsaid because 1 and 2, in my opinion, how I saw it is the whole thesis of this entire uh, passage that we're going over today. And so I need, we need to talk about 1 and 2 first. So we're going to throw that one up there and uh, we'll, we'll read it. So I'll read it. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So this is a, a, a huge amount of theology or whatever to go through in, in one sermon. So I'm just going to take out a few, and we're going to highlight them and punch these, okay? So firstly, notice that it says a living sacrifice. It certainly does not say a dead one-time sacrifice. See, this is a very positive thing for us because being a sacrifice to God is a blessing, okay? And, and if you are a... Uh, uh, in the Old Testament, we'd have these sacrifices that they would make. They'd kill the animal. That was a one-time event for that animal. That animal got to be a sacrifice one time. You, my friends, get to do it your whole lives. And that, and that is a good thing, okay? If you're a Christian, you get to be a living sacrifice every day, and this is a good thing. Another thing that we're going to point out here, oh, I'm sorry, going back on that. So we now get to be, uh, we f- get to figure out how to be holy and pleasing to God. So this, this phrase, uh, holy and acceptable, is this ESV version. A lot of versions get, uh, go holy and pleasing. I want to know how to be holy and pleasing to the Lord. That's a big deal to me. I want to be seen as holy and pleasing to the Lord. He, I want that. So, I, so we're going to go over that as well. Um, it talks about how this is our spiritual worship, and I think that's so cool. A lot of us, um, a lot of people cannot sing or they can't worship or they're awkward or whatever music-wise, but man, can they worship by serving or man, can they worship by whatever it is. And so here we go. So we're going over how can I be a living sacrifice? And we're going, how can I be holy and pleasing to the Lord? And lastly, this last line up here, it talks about how we can find the will of God. So many people are just looking for the will of God. They just want to find the will of God, and I've got some answers. And it's found right here in the text. So those are the three things we're going to be looking out for today, okay? So watch out for those as we go. So verse 3 reads, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So these, we're given gifts, okay? We're given gifts. Each one of us has gifts from God. We, we ought not to think of ourselves highly because of these gifts. And here's why. If my brother gave me a gift, let's say he bought me a new car, and he's like, man, I made this car for you, or I, I built this car for you, I bought this car, whatever. He gives me this gift, and I walk around, and I'm like, look at this car I built myself. I'm so awesome. It would make no sense. 
because it was a gift given to me. Instead, it would make a lot more sense if I were to say, look at this car my brother bought me or made me or whatever. He's so awesome. Does that make sense? You are given gifts. I promise you have gifts. At least one. You are given a gift or multiple gifts. There's no reason for us to say, I'm so awesome because I can whatever it is. It's much better to say, man, look at this amazing gift I've been given. Let me point to who gave it to me. He's the author. He's the giver. The giver needs to be honored, not the receiver. At the same time, we need to not, it says, see yourself appropriately. Actually, I don't know if that's the exact word, but anyways, accordingly. So it also, you should not see yourself as lowly in the sense of like, oh, I have no gifts. I'm not, I'm just, I can't serve the kingdom of God. I can't, because you were given a gift from the creator, the great giver. I mean, God gave you a gift. That gift is special. There's no reason for us to say too highly about ourselves, but there's also no reason for us to see lowly about ourselves because the author of life gave us that gift. So here we go. Everything, every gift that we're given is just that. It's a gift, okay? As we go on, that's going to be important in these next few verses. So uh, verse 4 reads, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. So obviously Paul is, is considering the church, or uh, comparing the church to a body, We've heard, a lot of us have heard this before. It makes sense, you know, we're all part. And, and what you might expect, me to, um, might expect me to say as a young preacher is just, is, is like, you know, you're a part of the body and you're, you're, uh, you serve this purpose and everyone works together. And these are super true things, you know, like everyone's valuable, all these things. But I'm actually going to twist it a little bit and say that if you're not part of the local church, the body, if you're not, if you're not part of it, if you're not a, a functioning, serving part of the body, you're not in the will of God. And this, I actually, when I found this out, when I read this, this passage, I, was, I called my dad, and I was like, oh, this is blunt, this is blunt. And he was like, yeah, that is, but it's true. And I was like, okay. And he's like, make sure you figure out how to say it. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Okay, so this is blunt. This is in your face. If you're not serving, if you're not being a functioning member of your local church, you're not in the will of God. Ugh, ugh, you know, like that hurts a little bit if, and it makes me a little squirmy, okay? If you're not serving, you're not in the will of God. The will of God is to serve others. Not yourself, others. And this is where the gifts come into play. You see where this is kind of, you see where Paul's right. He's brilliant. You see where he's coming and he's like, you've got these gifts. You need to be serving. Let's see what he says next. He says, um, so we're, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Actually, I want to stop real quick and go, if you don't, if, this is just in case anyone didn't believe me. Um, I'm going to go to First Peter. This is what Peter has to say about the whole thing about being connected and if you're not part of the church, then you're not, you're not in the will of God. He, re, he writes, uh, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. We talked about this. 
faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms, we all have various gifts. We all do. We ought to use them to serve others, okay? And uh, and, uh, this is the big guy himself saying this in Matthew 23, big guy meaning Jesus, I'm a big Jesus fan. Um, he he, He says, the greatest among you will be your servant. So Jesus himself is saying that you, the greatest is going to be the servant. And then uh, in Mark, we read of, of talking about Jesus now. Uh, in Mark, we read, For even the Son of Man, this is Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Are we picking up on a theme here? Paul is really like intertwined. The Bible is so intertwined with this, this idea of serving. You know, there was an illustration I was given that really helped me with this, with this thought of, like, um, of being connected to the body. And so the, each, you know, a lot of people say, like, oh, I want to be the hands, I want to be the feet, you know, all these things. Let's consider you the finger. You're the finger today. And, uh, and you're a part of this body, and you are you are a part of it, and you are just as valuable as the foot, and you're just, all these things are so true. And then you cut yourself off from the church. You're not going to the local church. You're not serving. You're not a functioning member of the local church. You cut yourself off. This is what this looks like. And now you're disconnected from the body. You, I suppose, that fingertip is technically still a part of the body, I guess, kind of. But is it serving a purpose? Not really. No, not really. So if we disconnect ourselves from the church body, we are not in God's will. We're not in the body. Does this make sense? Okay. So let's see what Paul prescribes instead of being cut off. He writes in 6, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. In, if prophecy, in proportion to our faith. If service, in our serving. The one who teaches, in his teaching. The one who exhorts, in his exhortation. The one who contributes, in generosity. The one who leads, with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy, with cheerfulness. So there are many different types of gifts. And, and it just gave us a good list. It was a, it was a good list. But that's certainly not all the kind of gifts that there are. The Lord gives us a ton of gifts. So what I would recommend is to be able to find your gift. I promise you all of you guys have a gift. It may not be singing, and maybe you shouldn't be on the worship team because of that. But everyone has a gift. Find your gift. I know there's a lot of pastors who talk about um, like my dad talks about how he how there's a lot of these tests that you can go and you can answer these questions and find your gift you know like and, and they're wonderful I've taken some I also have a pastor at home that in, in Phoenix oh, I'm sure that hurt my mom I'm so sorry I also have a pastor in Phoenix my other home that uh, talks about how he's like you should just serve just get connected and then you will find your gifts because that's how you should do it so either way. Go find your gifts, and then Paul writes, use them. Use them. And notice also that in the, in the writing, Paul talks a lot more about just doing it. Like he says, you know, he says, uh, the one who contributes, 
Does he say contribute? No. He says do it in generosity. The one who leads, does he say just lead enough? No. He says do it with zeal. Go beyond. This is a wonderful uh, blessing to your life. Not only will you become a light on the hill, you'll be, your life, you will be blessed by this. And that's awesome. I think that's so good. It's like, almost like the scripture is really good advice. It's almost like even if you weren't a Christian, it would be really good advice. You know, like don't murder, don't kill. You know, like those were the same things I said just now. Don't murder, don't steal. It's, it's so good for your life. And you get the blessing of serving in the kingdom of God? That's awesome. I love that. So we're going to be, we're gonna be uh, going to verse 9. This is a new subtitle. It's called Make uh, Marks of the True Christian. If you just, just fun fact for you. Um, so 9, it, it, it reads, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. This word abhor means to um, regard with disgust and hatred. <laughs> Abhor evil. Let love be genuine. Guys, if you come into this building and you, you say hello and you smile and it's just a lovely, you just present yourself lovely and that's, that will serve a purpose. I don't quite know what that purpose is, but if you come in here and you're hurting and you allow people to see that you're hurting and you allow them to love you genuinely, can you imagine the difference that's going to make in your and their lives. It makes a difference to be genuine, to love genuinely. Please do so. Please do so. Verse 10 reads, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Can you imagine if this were the case? I'm getting married on Friday. Hoot, hoot. I'm so very excited. Can you imagine if I were to out, try to outdo my wife, by honoring her? Can you imagine if I ran home and I like, I like opened the door and then like did all these things and I like ran to the dishes before she could even come in? Can you imagine what our marriage would look like? It'd be a lot better than like anything. It would be awesome. Can you imagine if you did that with your parents or your kids? It would look different. Your life would look different. Verse 11 reads, Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. This word fervent is kind of the idea of boiling water. Can you imagine if you're boiling for the Lord? Can you imagine what that would do to your life and those around you? Can you imagine the relationship that you and the Lord would have? How wonderful that would be? That would be awesome. Dave Wilcoxon talked about Last week, I think maybe it was two weeks ago, about how we, sh- we ought to ask for things. He says, the, the phrase that got me was like, Lord, is this all the joy I have? Is this all the joy you can give me? Is this all the peace, all the patience you can give me? Can you imagine like asking that? I don't think I ever had before this week. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do that. And so just asking, Lord, is this all of the joy you can give me? Is this all that you have for me? Is this all the ways I can serve? Is there any more ways I can serve? 
My best friend Carter has this song that he loves. Um, it's called Set a Fire. And it says, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more. And then it's like 15 times, I want more, I want more, I want... And it's like this selfish song for God. And you're like, I want more of you. I want more of you. Can you... It sounds so selfish for sure. But then you're like, man, can you imagine what God would look like if he heard you singing, I want more of you. I want more of you, God. Oh, that's a sweet little moment you get to share with your Savior. I'm going to read verse 12. It, It reads, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. Once again, can you imagine if we followed this advice? This is, this, being a Christian is wonderful. It is a great, great life, a life well-lived, a life of serving others, of using those gifts and serving others. So as we, as we remember those three things that we talked about at the beginning of the sermon, um, we're going to close by just kind of bookending it and talking about our answers that we've been able to find. So we talked about we're going to be able to find the will of God. The will of God is to serve and be a functioning, serving member of the body of Christ. Yeah, that doesn't give me the answers on, on who to marry or what job to take, but you need to be serving. Okay, that's the will of God. Serve. If you are, thank him for that. Ask for more. God, I want more opportunities to serve. I want more opportunities to be a light to others. I'd like more opportunities to pray with somebody today, to encourage someone. Can you send someone my way? That's a powerful prayer. We talked about how to be holy and pleasing to the Lord. It's by serving. Okay? So I'm going to leave you guys with this. I think we should ask God for more. I don't think this is all the joy that God has. I don't think he's got a reserve. I think he's got more for you guys. I don't, think, I don't think this is all the ways that you can be serving. I think he's got more for you. This is a blessing to you. It's, of course, a blessing to others when you serve them, but it's a blessing to be a servant. To be a part of God's kingdom is nothing to scoff at. It is a joy. It is a pleasure. And if you're outside of that, you're outside of his will. He wants more for you. He wants you to serve. He wants you to have that experience of serving. If you're not in the body of Christ, ask for more. There's more to your life. Ask for more. Ask to be accepted into that body of Christ. Ask for that. Ask to be a servant of the king, of the one true king. That is just so exciting to me. I want to leave you guys with that and and just ask for more. He will certainly answer. He will, I promise. may not look what you want it to look like, but he will answer you. He's got more for you guys, and he is good. He is good. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for who you are. We thank you that you are a God of joy, and you are a God who wants a relationship with us. You want to be known. You want your love to overflow onto us, Lord. We ask for more opportunities to serve others and less opportunities to serve ourselves. 
We pray for, for help in this. When we pray for all the people today that are not a part of the body, whether that's through not accepting the Lord or that's not being a part of the kingdom. I ask all these things in Jesus' very, very precious name. We love you, Lord. Amen.